What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to All The Smoke. NYC. Out here in beautiful New York. Jack, what's happening with you? Man, I'm, you know, feeling good on the high. Looking good. I'm doing a lot. I'm feeling good. Uh-huh. Shoes nice. Thank you, so George. Um, Shoes nice. Appreciate it, man. I don't... Shoes nice. Man, thank you. <laughs> Shoes nice. Thank you, my brother. Across the board, we can I put them all up real quick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Already, one time already. for the one time. I truly appreciate that. Plug the I, store. You might as well plug the store. Up in YC. You in New I, York I, City. I need to come through today. I'm coming as soon as, hey, as, soon man, as we get off camera. Man, let me tell you, we got through, that firepower. I need all your 14s. Put them on the side for me. All right. Now we got the one and only. Cartagena. Joe Crack the Dawn. Introduce your man. My brother, my family, somebody who showed me love from the first year I was in the NBA. Uh, made me feel like family, the one and only Joey Crack. Mm-hmm. Man, appreciate you. Thanks My for being here. Appreciate Thank y'all. you for your time. And so to elaborate, because people think I just talk shit, but your first year in the NBA, you had a 10-day contract. Yep. And then they kept extending it like five, six times. But you was with us. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we, you know, I've been so proud of him, you know, moving on to San Antonio and winning chips and getting the bag. But, you know, we know the birth of Stevie Jack. Yeah. So, any first of all, no disrespect to you, it's the realest yeah, I get NBA it. player. That's, that's my dog. Right? Nobody yeah. calls so, me Stevie Jack. That's how you know he's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's the realest NBA player ever when it comes to that. Life. Former street shit, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and so, nah, look, because you Muslim, you alhamdulillah. I see yeah. you all in the temples now, the yeah. mosque. I see you in there, so we got to say formally. Right. Right? And so he comes in the game. You know what I'm saying? We loved him to death. 
And and we just became family since since day yeah. one. And shout out to Steph Marbury yeah. for introducing us. Yeah. yeah. Shout out no, I'm excited because I've been hearing stories. Some can't be told, some can be, so we're going to get to it. But before we get going, Jack, I forgot, bro. I got something for you. Oh, I, I've been... It was seeing, just in my bag when I went to the bathroom. I forgot I brought it for you. It's, this says awakening spray, but this is really called Pretty Boy Mist. Yeah. Hold on. Cute uh, for uh, every man. Oh, this wakes you up. Oh, man, I've been fiending for this. Hey, you know, hey, you ever hey, seen Jerry Carroll on Hollywood Shuffle when he lost his activator? <laughs> That's how I felt. That's how I felt. Man, let me get another one. Hey, give me a couple spritz while uh, we at it. Pow, pow. Yeah. One time. One time for you. Show what it is, though. This is awakening spray. Now, I, I need to know world. where the guys at that signs the checks for this. This is shoot. my company. That's, oh, that's, that's, company. Yeah, that's what we do. You know what we're doing. You know what we're doing. You know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Smell that? Yeah, it's a way to get this spray, man. Hugh, at a store near you. Find it at Target. You can find it at Target and HughForEveryMan.com, man. We got men. We got what I put in my hair, what I wash my hair with. Uh, what I shave with, you see what Jack does. It says awakening spray, but I call it pretty boy mist. He has got, he, his girl said he's gotten handsomer since he started using ah! that shit, so. He did. Fuck with you think I could grow my hair back with the with the you? I, I, I don't know about me. You're not making baby. that claim. Yeah, not, no, we're not making that claim. Yeah, I wouldn't want to lie to you, Joe. Yeah, I wouldn't want to lie to you. You. Woo. But anyway, let's let, let's get to it, man. New York. You think New York? You know, you're one of the first names to come up. Tell me about your upbringing. Wow. Grew up in the Bronx. Hip hop was created, birthed. And, you know, some people's from places, and then some people's from the place. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's uptown Bronx, there's the West, there's the this. I was just born in the South Bronx where hip hop was created. So, Melly Mel, I would watch Grandmaster Flash. My, my brother was a crate boy for Grandmaster Flash, mm. Mr. Ness. Like, so all these people were around my neighborhood for real, love bugs, Starsky, and I would watch them play How baseball. How old are you seeing all this stuff? Kids, seven years old, okay. eight years old. First Latino rapper ever was in the Fantastic Five. His name was Ruby D. Mm -hmm. So I used to watch him and his brothers. They used to play softball. They was nice. They diving on concrete. Those are real Puerto mm -hmm. Ricans that dive on concrete. And so, you know, I was that blessed to grow up loving hip-hop just as a fan. And uh, just to watch the evolution of hip-hop over the years is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Obviously, music came later in your life, but, you know, you, you hit the streets as a 14-year-old mm. up to no good. Talk to us about that and how that transitioned you there, what you learned on that life. Well, I was in the streets since I was born. So I'm, I grew up in the rustiest projects in the Bronx. This shit was gladiator school from kindergarten up, mm -hmm. right? And... They really ain't had no, you know, I had hair like the Beatles and green eyes. <laughs> no, not real talk. And I grew up in a 90% black neighborhood, mm -hmm. so I had to go hard since mm -hmm. birth. Like, you know, and, and, and so it's always been gladiator school. As soon as I hit 14, I can't discredit my mother and my father. You know, they were all hardworking, you know, but I wanted more. And, you know, I wanted the fly kicks. I wanted the fly outfits. I wanted the chicks. I wanted all that. So, you know, when 14 years old, I left my house. And the, the very next day, I started hustling. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just knew I didn't want to be broke. Right. I knew that. One million percent. I said, look, I don't want to steal 50's line, but he got the best line. It was like, get rich or die trying. Mm -hmm. and, and I just knew for some reason... In my DNA, 
that I wasn't born to be broke. I don't even know how to explain it to you. Like, I remember I used to stare out my window at 12 years old, like, yo, I'm tired of this broke shit. Like, this, this ain't for me. And, you know, so I hit the streets. Mm-hmm. 92, you hit music. What, obviously, you told us what you're around growing up, but what was a, a pivotal moment from that street life to, like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot? Well, you know, I was hustling big at this time. Like, big. Right? <laughs> no, like, big. Like, not like these guys. Like, right. the real shit, right? And uh, then they made a, a law called a RICO law. Mm -hmm. And they start snatching 60 guys, 50 guys, the whole crews, like, everywhere. It was like, yo, the Claremont boys, they going down. The Tremont boys are going down. The Cypress boys just went down. How many? 78 of them got locked mm. up. The distance and all this shit is happening. And I'm like, holy shit, we going to jail forever. Oh, you know, and of course you got the die factor. And then Diamond D, I grew up with Diamond. I used to write graffiti with him, digging in the craze crew. Shout out DITC. He was like, yo, Joe, man, let me pay for the studio or something. Mm. But I know you like to rap. Put your life on the music. So we went to the studio. We came up with the demo, which became Flow Joe. I went to Apollo Theater, Amateur Night at Apollo. So. To tell you the truth, that, that when I did Amateur Night, it must have been the drug dealer's ball. Am I lying, Rich, or what? Like, any serious hustling street, the they was in the building. Joey's going to rap. Mm. And so I came in first a couple of weeks, and that's where I met Red Alert. And uh, he played my demo, which later on turned into Flojo, that turned into the number one song in the country. And, you know, we, we never looked back. The day I quit the drug game, I never... I didn't care. I never got involved with anything like like was a you, Cinderella movie. Or was something. you rapping before? The, I was always rapping okay. since I was like 10, 12 okay. years old. Mm -hmm. I was like spitting. Right Diamond back. knew I spit. Okay, so that's But he was like, started. yo, bro, you're going to die here. You're going right. to go to jail forever here. Right. Here, just tell your story. You know, and shout out to a lady man from my building. Her name was Miss Berger. Uh, Jeffrey Berger's mom, so she would tell me this all the time. She'd be like, yo, God got bigger things for you, mm. Joey. You ain't supposed to be out here wilding like this. Like, please, like, and you know, it was the music, it was hip hop. So what was the vibe and the energy like in New York at the time? You transitioning from hustling, fresh into the music game, you hit and go. What's the energy like so in the city So for me, at the time? you know, I grew up with, with a life of violence. So I woke up every day for the smoke, mm -hmm. right? Every day, all of when it. I left out that, not all of it, I was doing the smoke. Like, yeah. I was applying the smoke mm -hmm. to every. I didn't care about life pretty much. And so when I, when I became a rapper, there was two things. There was guys that were scared to death of me, almost, let's just say, Suge Knightish. Mm -hmm. Guys was like, yo, this guy, like Steve Rifkin, you know, when I went to bring Big Pun to him, he said he had nine phone calls from the industry telling him, yo, this guy's a killer, extortionism. Like, yo, don't meet with them. Don't put them in the game. Because mm -hmm. you got a lot of guys acting like they gangster, and then they don't want yeah. this guy to get up in here mm -hmm. if he abuses the power the wrong way. Actually, it was the opposite. When I got in the game, I was trying so much to show people I'm a nice guy right. that I, I toned it all the way down. Right. I was like, yo, yo, yo. Because when people are scared of you, they don't want to break bread with you. Mm -hmm. They don't want to create a monster or nothing like that. So I actually toned it down when I got in the rap game. Going back to what you said about uh, that lady, she must have saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself at the time to tell you that she knew you Diamond was going to make money. Too. There yeah. was a lot of people who saw 
stuff in me that I ain't seen when but rest in peace, Chris Lighty. When he came, he came to my spot. He's he's I signed in the middle of the street. That's why when you know people who really want to make it, with I mean, it's not educated to sign a record contract, a recording contract with no attorney. Mm-hmm. But when you want up out the streets that yeah, bad, yeah. you will fucking sign. Let's right. do it. So when Chris Lighty came and said, yo, I think you could be a rapper, you 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 could be, I was like, yo, sign now. And I was just showing everybody my contract. Yo, I signed. I right. signed I'm official. I'm official. Mm-hmm. I'm official. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna be a rapper. And that, you know, that was it. Nobody believed it. They were like, yo, Joey, I remember everybody, God bless them all, who did 20 years and better laughing at me when I told them I'm gonna be a rapper. Right. And these were my friends. And I'd be like, yo, I'm gonna be rapping. They're gonna be like, oh, man, you playing yourself. <clears throat> right. So you a celebrity in your neighborhood, but what's it like when you start getting that world eyes on you? And it's not just Joey from here now, it's the world starts saying well, your name. First, my first whole album was about the Four Corners. We had never left nowhere. There was no social media. You know, we talking about a time there was no social media. So give the fans so, a time with this is what, what, what years? There's a broke kid right now in New Orleans or in the Bronx that could actually see us in mansions and be like, oh shit. They did it. I could do that. Right. Right? We didn't never see that. Mm-hmm. So it was like all we knew was the Four Corners and let's rep our block. Yo, I'm Fat Joe, I'm from the projects, I don't give a fuck, whatever, this, this, that. It wasn't until I went on my first promo tour to LA and and I just happened to be in the crowd for Arsenio Hall. Shout out to uh, Stretch, DJ Stretch from Stretch and Bobito. He invited me to the Arsenio Hall show. He was a guest DJ. That was the shit. And we sitting too. in the crowd. Arsenio's like God, That's you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And, and we sitting in the crowd, and out of nowhere, he's like, yo, I got my main man in the house. He got the hottest song out, Fat Joe. I was uh, like, what? <laughs> yo, come down, Joe. Damn. And then I performed on Arsenio. I quit the whole promo tour and came back. The, that night, I came back to New York, like couldn't, like I had made it. Like yeah. everybody saw me, the whole country. That was my first big moment of the whole country acknowledging me, you know what I'm saying? Who was your uh, influences as far as hip hop growing up? Like, who <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest influences was Heavy D for being confident, for being a big, big man, fly, dressing fly. Mm-hmm. The ladies' man, uh, LL Cool J. LL Cool J uh, still is uh, someone I look up to and aspire to be. I mean, if you talk about a person who's been excellent role model for hip hop music, it's LL Cool J. You don't you get know? enough love and respect. I don't feel like. Oh man, he's Facts. he's one of the greatest. He's a goat. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he got his wife, he got his family. You know what I'm saying? I've Transition always looked up to him. Over. You know, I've been with my wife 26 years, so mm-hmm. we 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 look up to them. Right. And of course, KRS One being from the Bronx, nobody rocks a show like KRS. Nobody's more lyrical than KRS. So that's really the gumbo that created Fat Joe. Those mm-hmm. street players right there. When did you run across uh, Biggie? And what kind of relationship oh, did y'all have? I I had Flo Jo out, and. Uh, Big goes up to this place called the Lyricist Lounge. Puffy's with him. It's the same Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy wasn't rich, but he was the same Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. He, he kept that energy, that yeah. same energy, right? So Biggie's up there in the Lyricist Lounge. I'm already, Flojo's already out. I'm walking around with my vinyl trying to give it to the DJ so they could play it. Back in the days, you couldn't just press play and everybody got it. You had to mm-hmm. 
It's word of mouth, hand delivers shit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting in the crowd and Biggie's just battling like 10 different, killing them all. Mm -hmm. And he had a backpack on it. Puff kept going, I'm telling y'all, y'all can't fuck with my man. Y'all can't. And that, that's how I met Big. So Big was like, oh mm -hmm. shit, you flows, yo, you fat Joe. And I was like, what's up? We met. I actually booked him because on this, my side hustle, besides rapping, because money, making money rapping was like seasonal when you're not really big. Mm -hmm. So it's like you put a record out, you make a lot of money. Then them other months, right. you slow. So mm -hmm. I used to throw parties, like promote parties. So I had booked Biggie for his first show ever. Really? Where was yeah, this at? Yeah, it was at the Fever. Damn. And, and, and you know. So what year is this? Nine, two, nine, three, nine, mm. three. Mm. It's Biggie's first show ever. Crazy. And the flyer says party and bullshit and all that. And then we became tight ever since then. I go visit. I knew he was gonna be big. And that's where he was still underground. I just was like, yo, this guy, he's special. And then me and him was tight. I'll tell y'all some shit. Me and him was tight. And I remember when he met Jay-Z. Cause he stopped, me and Big used to talk every day. He said, yo, man. It's this guy, he's nice. I've been hanging out with him. His name's Jay-Z. That boy, nice. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's on everything. I never said that in the interview. Um, he definitely, I remember when he met Jay-Z and he was hanging out with him every day. He was like, oh, I'm with Jay. Yo, this, this, that. So he saw what I saw in him. He saw mm, that shit in Jay-Z yeah. immediately. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So how did you guys' relationship continue to grow through it? I mean, obviously, you're established now. He's great, been on. Great story. No. Biggie, to this day, there's nobody's career that has went more viral than Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls went from wearing an army jacket to the next day rocking a tux salmon tuxedo with gators mm -hmm. and a fur on and going number one, two, and three. We never seen no shit like this. Mm -hmm. Like, overnight. He went from Biggie Smalls to the Notorious B.I.G. Number two, two and three, Brooklyn, we did it! Like, that shit happened, like, boom, right? And so we know, because we in a, in a situation of power, that a lot of times people's opinions, we at least perceive that people's opinions change on us because we got success or status. Mm -hmm. So I'm even guilty of that. When Biggie was like number one, two or three, I remember walking up to a vibe party and um, I just seen like 200 people around one truck. And I, I didn't know it was that. And when I seen it, it was Biggie standing on the truck. And me, myself, Joseph Cartagena, myself, looking at that, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go over there. He probably changed. Mm -hmm. And Biggie sees me right at that moment. Yo, crack! Yo! Right. I go over there. So then he grabs little Kim. She was with him and he was like, what the fuck we been playing all day? What we been playing all week? My new album had dropped. My second album, Jealous Ones. She was like, your album. It's like, you got better, boy. You killing them now. You know, I was like, damn. He ain't never in changed. In midst of all that. Yeah, he ain't changed. Right. Never seen a brick, never seen, seen a crack out. Ooh, yeah. that's one for they asses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah, know. That's one for they asses. And the one with Bougie Bontown on there. King of New York. King of New York, that's the one too. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tell them a story about when Pac got locked up. And you said you sent the kite for him. Let's be clear. That Muta, story. Muta. Muta told the story. Who's Pac's right hand man? Mm-hmm. And who was Napoleon? He's Muta. Napoleon. Now. I had never said that story in twenty something years. Mm. Fat Joe never leaked that story. Yep. That was it it's a Muta. true story. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, East Coast, West Coast. Biggie's my man. 
And to be honest with you, you know, they would really, I want to use my words correctly. Let's just say the West Coast was like leaning on New York, like, like, like really leaning on New mm-hmm. York, like hard. The pressure was legendary and the New York rappers, you know, they just wasn't really coming back at them like that. And yeah. they was just violating, right? Doing crazy shit. I don't, I don't even came in New York talk about the all buildings. type of shit going on, <laughs> right? And so I'm in the radio one day and they asked me the question, yo, Joe, what you think about Tupac and all that? I said, yo, he's cool, but you know, if they step to me, it's going to be some shit. Yeah. So I said that on the radio, not knowing Tupac's locked up upstate mm. in New York. The Puerto Ricans hear that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Poppy, Tupac got beef with Fat Joe. Yo, yo, no, no. Mm. And, then, and then we were still in the street right. hard. Right. So I said that in the interview. You got to be careful. Your words mm-hmm. could really create problems. So then I get on the phone call. I get a phone call from Greg Nice who pretty much put me in the game, one of my brothers, he said, yo, Joe, I got Pac on the other line. I was like, Pac? So I pick up, and then Tupac, I don't want to elaborate too much, guys, but what I'm saying is Tupac was like, yo, these Puerto Ricans is on me. Like, you said something in the radio. I don't got a problem with you, Joe. Like this, I know what's up, this, this. And so, you know, we sent the kite out to the Puerto Ricans and be like, nah, 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 nah. This ain't about that. Mm-hmm. Don't that not on the strength of me. Don't do that. And then they wind up being real tight with Tupac in there so, and holding them down in there. So. That's how that came about. But be clear, y'all. I know Mutar I talk a lot story, of shit. Yeah. I talk a lot of shit, but I never told that story mm. in twenty something years. Right. You know, because now we gotta be careful with mm-hmm. podcasting or clout yeah. chasing. Right, right, right. Like, right, you know, right, like right, yo, right. That, this shit crazy out there. So outside of that experience with him. After he's out, do you oh, guys... I knew I knew Tupac. Tupac, the realest rapper ever. Mm. But realer than Fat Joe. He's the one. Right? When I met Tupac, we was in uh, Atlanta. It was me, Wu-Tang, a couple of people Ooh, freestyling in front of uh, Jack the Rapper. And the dude comes up with a red bandana and two guns in his hand. That's how I met Tupac Shakur. Sound like some Stephen Jackson shit. No, oh, for real, like some Stevie Jackson. And so, and so I'm like, you know, I'm standing there trying to act like, you know, what's up? You know, it is what it is. But I don't know who the fuck this is with two guns. So he's like, yo, crack, what's up? I'm like, yo, what's up? And he was like, it's me, it's Pop. And he pulls his shit Oh, he shit had the shit over his face. Yeah, covering uh. his shit. He was in that COVID a long time ago. Nine-one COVID. He pulled his shit down and it was like yeah. Tupac. That's how I met Tupac. Every single time I saw Tupac Shakur, he was in violence. If it was beating up the bootleggers, if it was chasing the DJ, it was, I would see T- Tupac in the club. Like, he would just run up, yo, Joe, pull out a gun. Yo, you seen such and such? I'd be like, <laughs> this nigga's crazy. Like, no, I did not see such and such. <laughs> like, all right, my brother, and he's out. So, yeah, I met Tupac a bunch of times, but big, let's be clear, Big was my brother. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, mm-hmm. right. So transitions to, to, from those two legends, let's go to your man, Pun. Talked about that relationship with, with your brother. Big Pun different, you know what I'm saying? So Big Pun was the brother I never had, the little brother I never had, and I was the big brother he never had. And so when I met him rapping, I knew he was the best in the game. Mm. And, I, and I wanted to be the Puerto Rican Puff Daddy 
And I saw what they did with Big with my own right. eyes, so I wanted to blueprint. do a Pun. Yeah, mm -hmm. Blueprint. And so I was like, yo. And so the first second I met Pun, he was telling me shit that none of us would be talking about. Mm -hmm. like he sat in the car, he was like, yo, you're going to be my big brother. Yo, this and this and that. And he was just telling me everything about his family, his upbringing, being homeless, this, just a lot of ill shit. I come from the street before I start rapping. So unfortunately, the streets taught me to never trust nobody. So I'm sitting next to Pun, and I'm like, why the fuck this guy's telling me all this shit? Like, why is he trusting me like this? You know? And, uh, and, it, and then I realized, it's almost like when you get your wife, you know how many guys tell a woman, yo, you gonna be my wife? Mm -hmm. And then they already know. Like, you already press a button in your brain, like, you know how you stop smoking weed for three months and you never thought you was? You're like, fuck that, alhamdulillah, yep. I'm stopping this shit. Yep. So it's the same thing. So in Pun's mind, he was like, oh no, I got him. Joe Crack's my big brother. I'm rolling with him, so I'ma lay it out for him. So he could know what's my problem, why, you know, why I want to do this. Everybody needs to know their why right. in life. He knew his why. Mm -hmm. It's like they shitted on me. They shitted on me, left me for dead. At what, me up. at what age is this for him? Oof, Pum was probably like uh, 19. Okay, youngster. I was probably like 20, 21. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and you know, but I was already Joe Crack. I'm finishing my second album. I took him to the studio that night and he jumped on the album. I stopped my whole career to put the energy behind Punt and use every relationship I ever made in the music business to make sure that Punt blew up because I knew the world needed to hear Punt. And so, you know, we got like Wyclef Jean had just sold 30 million records. I pulled that favor from Joe the singer just went number one Drake numbers at the time. Like, he just did 500,000 albums. You know, every favor I could pull, I pulled it for, for punt. People were like, oh, it's for you. No, 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 it's for my artist. They never even met him. Mm. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. He the one. He gonna blow. And I knew that he was just gonna open the doors for us. Almost like I, I see Rich here in the football sense, the guy that does this, mm -hmm. and the running back runs mm -hmm. too. Yep. So that, that's how we ran with it. How important was it to represent the Latin community at the time? Well, we always Latino. You know what I'm saying? I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban. Shout out to Cuba, who I leave with it. Mm -hmm. And said, we always Latino and we always proud to be Latino. But um, I got in this game, you know, to be Filipino and be Jamaican, be black and mm -hmm. white. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I made this music for everybody. Right. Pun made this music for everybody. Always representing the culture, but this is for the world. Making this music for everybody because uh -huh. music is the is is the universe. Music and sports right. is the universal but I would, language. I would even say music. More we than probably sports. sat next to Confederate flaggers at the game and high fived them yeah. when they rod hit the home run. Yo, yeah. and, and, and it's the truth. Right. It's the only thing that brings mm -hmm. everybody together. Mm -hmm. So music, I, I was conscious of being Latino, representing the Latinos and what we was doing, but always it was for everybody. Because that's how you grew up. Yeah, that's you how grew I grew up, up with everybody. everybody. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, that's how, that's how we always approached it. I'm you know, pun never like, yo, you nice for a Latino MC. Mm -hmm. He's nice. That, that was the one thing you could say to him to kill his whole vibe in one second. Yo, Suspect. you nice for a Latino MC. You be like, nice for a Latino. You don't ask Stevie Wonder if he's nice for an R&B. Right, right, like, right. You know, he's serious about that mm -hmm. shit. Like, you know? So we made music for everybody, man.
That's dope. I'm such a fan of this era of music. Uh, you mentioned Puff and you said that's what you tried to be for Pun. Talk to us about your experience with Puff and what you took from seeing him early on. Because he's a monster. Not taking no for answer. Puff was for sure. smarter than everybody. Mm. He was smarter than everybody. And I asked him when we alone. You know what I'm saying? Then in the middle of the COVID, he made me come see him. And I, I, this is when I was staying home. So I go to his house, mansion and shit. They cooking for us. Me and him, just me and Puff, sitting there looking at the fucking water, you know. And he tell me, I'll tell you, he'll confront. He was like, yo, you know you the realest nigga ever. I was like, yo, yo, I said, yo, I said, yo, Puff, I don't really need it. He said, no, I want you to know you the realest one. I said, but yo, Puff, that's cool and all. I said, but how is you so smart, though? Like, how you figure it out? And I can tell you why. And so he said that he studied all the greats. He had his whole game plan. So Puff, you take Puff as a party animal. We took to, like, damn, when it, when it was happening, we was like, yo, this guy parties too much. But little did we know he was networking in there. Yeah. Little did we know that every time he came to my video and made me wear Sean John, mm, we was adding value to his clothing line. Mm -hmm. Little did we know that every time he said, yo, hold this, and it was just a rock bottle, <laughs> this guy was billionaired up. He we just, just sold the shit for five He was just, mm, he was a genius though. ahead of time. We did not know. Right. Right now, it'd be hard. Mm. Right now, you just said, him, what, what's the name? Let's plug Hugh, it again. Hugh. You for men. Yeah. Beautiful life, right? You, yeah, yeah. Pretty boy missed. <laughs> we did not know that in 1995. Right. At all. Right. We did not know that. Ahead of his time. So he, he knew everything ahead of his time. And if he threw a party, he threw a party with somebody who would be impressed by all his friends being there so he could parlay another deal. Mm -hmm. And he was doing all that. We didn't know that. So Puff, what I learned from him is uh, he knew branding, uh, networking. He knew everything before everybody. He was smarter than everybody. Yes, everybody took notes from Puff. Still are. We right. still taking notes. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Puff and just always just watching it. Like I said, to me, he figured it out, but he's enjoying the shit while it happens. It's like it's not a job to him. He's making money and it's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's his life. It's he's his growing lifestyle. too. He's growing as a person too, still. Yeah. yeah what everybody we do is, is uh, we learn to appreciate life and happiness is the key. Whatever makes you happy, if it's righteous, if it's not robbing nobody, hurting mm -hmm. nobody, taking advantage of nobody, whatever makes you happy, do you. Mm. Because God gave you this life, God gave you this life, God gave me this life. It's like, we here one time, there's an expiration date. Straight up. So you, as long as you do what makes you happy, you know, and not putting up with what people think or what people like, right. or what, this, 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 as long as you're happy, you know what I'm saying? And I think Puff has figured that out. I think Floyd Mayweather has figured mm, that out. Yeah. There's certain people that have figured that shit out where they like, yo, I don't, I don't care. Right. Whatever makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And we, we, you know, we brought up in a society that's so judgmental. Right. Everybody got their opinions. Everybody got their diss. And some people just, you know, I think Fat Joe, being an OG now, I tapped into, yo, I'm doing what makes me happy. If it's hanging out with my daughter, that right. I don't get. I don't care, maybe it's mm -hmm. not cool of you no more, that I'm not walking in with 40, 50 thugs. Cool, that's all right, I hang out with my wife, I hang out with my daughter. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or I hang out with my brother Khaled. That's mm -hmm. what makes me happy, Rich, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever makes you happy. I remember, to touch on Puff, I remember when uh, the whole George Floyd thing was going down, 
and I was about to do my first interview on CNN, like the first time I was speaking, and I hadn't talked to Puff or nothing. Some kind of way he got my number, and he FaceTimed me. And the words he told me really kind of calmed me down. He's like, you were built for this. Like, just remember, you're speaking for all of us. Mm. He said, and, and at this point, I don't know you, but I know of you, and I wouldn't want nobody else in this position. You don't know what that did for me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just to have him FaceTime me and tell me that right before I went on TV, I think that was that was big, man. And I never told him because I haven't seen him. Right. But I appreciate it. I think that was big. When uh, Joe That's gets... That's a lie yeah. doing. When Joe gets Puff on the show for us, you can tell him. Yeah, bet. bet yeah, I'll sure. get him on the right, show. Yeah, He'll do sure. it, no problem. Yeah. What you got to understand is, when I, I remember when I was going to jail, right? And they drove me to the to the jail. And it's just a couple of months, but I was I was walking in. It's very different being a celebrity going to jail, being famous. You got animals in there, mm -hmm. guys who like to kill, rape, steal, and you're walking in there like a bag of money. You're mm -hmm. walking in there like a UFO, mm -hmm. right? Right. The more famous, the worse. But I remember walking in there, similar to you. Uh, my phone rang, and it was Little Wayne. I had to go in at eight o'clock in the morning, maybe at seven fifty-nine. Little Wayne don't never call me. Yo, bro, listen. I was like, yo, shit, what's up, Wayne? He's like, listen, this is how I got through it. Mm -hmm. Boom, 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 boom. And he's not a man of a lot of words. At all. So the fact that he called me at 7.59 knowing I was walking in there at 8, mm -hmm. that shit was like the same type of shit, like legendary. Light like I was up. like, all right, now I know what I got to do. Lined it up. Huh? Earlier you mentioned Big was hyping Jay up. Talked about when you met Jay his growth and hungriness and transition to the person he is today? Man, uh, Jay's the true, uh, he's the proof of you could be born poor, but you are really a genius. Mm -hmm. And sometimes guys don't got money and they got the greatest ideas in the world, but we never listen to them because mm -hmm. They don't got money. They don't have to look. They don't look the they part. Yeah, they don't look the part. And you know, you got guy, my brother Raul, you know Raul. Shout out Raul. Raul was the first guy before anybody ever had a, a fucking water in the world. He used to tell me, yo, let's get water and we can sell it in the stores. I'm like, water? Who's gonna buy water? Water's free. I'm telling you, waters. What ahead of time, bro. Mm. But I didn't listen to Raul. Mm. So Jay-Z is a genius. Not just musically. I'm not talking about musically. I'm talking about what he's done as a businessman, who he has around him to support him, uh, his ideas. You know, this guy's plots. and he, He's a genius. There's no way around it. Right. So whether you black, white, Muslim, Jew, you have to respect the man right. from what he's been able to do. And we've been taught historically that we can't do that. Right. So he is the, the perfect specimen that you could dissect and say, yo, there's geniuses in the hood. Mm. He come from the projects. Yeah. And, and, and look what he's been able to do. He's been able to think freely and make different moves that when he does it, the, the smartest people in the world, the Warren Buffett's be like, wow, amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing move. Make him respect the hood. He's the proof. Mm -hmm. Talk about Jay the artist. Oh man, Jay-Z, you know, I'm from the hood where the bullets are following, man. <laughs> so much. Yeah, let me tell you something. The boy's been amazing his whole career. He's been an inspiration uh, for us musically, lyrically. Um, 
him with, with, with Yeezy. You know, Yeezy has been my favorite rapper uh, for the last 10, 12 years. But Jay brought Yeezy in the game. He made me like him, you know, because Yeezy was like a backpack rapper. Yeah. Let's say, let's say the truth. Yeah. Right? The truth is, you know, Yeezy was a backpack rapper. Now, thugs don't really listen to backpack rappers like that. Right. But when he got co-signed and he got that rock chain, you know what I'm saying? We was like, oh, no, we fuck with him. Oh, yeah. And he opened the doors, right? Same thing with Drake. Drake was like a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? Rapper, similar. And then once he, once my man with all the tattoos in his face, Little Wayne said, "Oh no!" And Birdman was like this. Oh no, we fuck with him. Right? Yeah, we fuck with this guy, right? So uh, as a rapper, sky's the limit for him, man. He's he's always been one of the greatest. You know, he's he's a god in this game. Him, Nas, I gotta say the mm-hmm. Nas and, and musically, Nas. you know. Those two, in my era, they're considered, you know, gods. You know mm. what I'm saying? Talk to us about how you got, got uh, the idea of Terror Squad came about. Well, that's crazy you asked because we talked about things. I bought a present for okay. my brother Stevie. That was the key. He be on. Yeah. He be on. Shout out Christine Jewelers. Cut it out, man. He be on deserves. Cut it out, hey, right man. On cue. I feel guilty that it's taking this long. Hey, Cut but it he, out, before man. you even open it, he was just saying this shit, bro, when we was going over the rundown. He told me he's going to finish it. Hold up, man. He, ah, he was talking about this shit earlier. Ah, That's crack. right, man. I love you, Bro, he was just nah, talking about I love that you, shit. Bro. He's nah, like, he, caught, he, he deserves he's, it, He's like, man. he told me he was going to get me one. He's like, yeah. I, I hope he brings it. Bro. That shit is hard. Ah. That shit is hard. Oh, man, that's love, Craig. I appreciate you, man. That I'm about to be hard. in tears. You beyond deserve that, man. Because I know, I know, I know what you dump on me. But besides this, though, like I was telling them my rookie year, I was traveling. Uh, I remember going out one day. I can't, I can't wait to find a chain to put this on. But look, mm-hmm. I... Um, I gotta look at Let it me some look, more. I wanna look at that shit too yeah. while you oh, talk. Oh no, that's a real deal. Pristine Jewelry. Pristine, I'm coming to see you boy. I'm going to see Pristine right after this and give me a chain to put it on right. right now as soon as we leave here. It should be free since you're getting all this promotion. Hey, I got about, I got about <laughs> 10 racks to spend on the chain, Pristine. I'll come. But look, I remember uh, it's, it's, hard, that means bro. a lot to me, bro, because I still have, I remember when you took your Averex, a black Averex jacket off, and they got Terror Squad on the back. I still have that jacket. But when I was here my rookie year, after I met you, I was going from, I was, you know, like you said, I was wild then. And I was going out every night. I was going into the hood clubs everywhere around New York. And everywhere I was, I seen two Puerto Ricans. Everywhere I went. I'm like, man, I think these dudes following me. <laughs> they were. Everywhere they following me. Like, next thing you know, come to find out, that was his people mm-hmm. following me around to make sure I was straight my whole time here. And, and, I, and I never told you thank you, but I appreciate that, man. Because, that, you, I, because I, I ain't gonna lie. I was pushing the line. Yeah. I was pushing the line back then. I, w- I was jeopardizing my career every there, night. Out there, oh, out there, I was out, out there. there. You were a habitual line pusher. Uh, yeah, pusher. I, push, I was yeah. pushing the yeah, line. Let me tell you, I'll I, tell I you a wild. crazy story, right? Um, that shit is hard, bro. That's right, boy. You got that big boy, too. That's it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't no regular. <laughs> Terror that's squad. That's that shit. <laughs> that ain't the middle Family. of the mall shit. Nah, nah, that's that. But yeah. get it. That shit is but let, let me tell you something, my brother. You remember the time they put a prank on him? He came to my house in Jersey, my first house. I was in my room for some reason, and one of the guys with me told him, yo, you know the, the next door neighbor's racist. He took Joe's dog because he's black, and he killed Joe's dog. 
Uh, Jack will kill and for you. Uh, Jack will kill Jack somebody. Jack ran to the next door and they <laughs> ran, banging on his door, right? So they laughing on the floor and they opened the door. Yo, Joe, yo, check this out. What I did. He said, yeah, we told Steve Jack the name would kill your dog. I'm running out there. <laughs> yo! Jack will kill him. I mean, yo, Jack, come here. They're lying. They're lying. <laughs> it's not true. They're lying. He ready to go fuck up the neighbor. Yeah, because, but that, that was all because of the love, the genuine love you showed me. I was in your home at the time. That was it. I was at your house. So, you know, you opened the doors to me and treated me like a brother. Like family from day one, man. So I'll forever ride for you, always. We love you, my brother. Love you too, bro. Know that. But back to the question. I mean, beautiful peace. Welcome to the squad. Well, he been the squad. Family, yeah. Family. official now. Yeah, it's, yes. it's yeah. the world knows. Leave that open. Yeah. Talk to us how the Terror Squad came about. Well, we... You know, we from the street, we started in the projects, and we it started out a graffiti crew. So we write graffiti. Now the two guys who invented Terror Squad were graffiti artists, they graduated into robbing banks. And so they started getting big money, my man Cosmo. And uh, he was like, yo, I'm not writing graffiti no more. You know, he started getting different. They were robbing banks. like, And so he was like, I'm gonna give you TS, and you're gonna be the new president. When he said, I said, I'll never forget, I was like, I'm gonna take this to another level. I ain't no rap. It's gonna be the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. I got it, and then immediately, you know, we formed TS, the crew. And um, it, then when we started rapping, we wasn't even gonna be TS. When we started rapping, we was thinking of names, and and Pum was like, "Yo, let's just rep TS. We TS." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "All right, we the Terror Squad." Mm. Mm -hmm. What kind of success when, when that kind of took off? What was, I mean, obviously, like you said, you're always taking ideas from Puff, or not taking ideas, but just watching, kind of picking up game. For that, for you, what was the next move after that? Oh, man. You know, we did it. You know what I'm saying? We signed major record label deals with Atlantic, Atlantic Records. Atlantic, right, yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm like 20-something. They giving me 10 million mm. to run my own company. You know, we, we, we did it. We made the dream come true. Uh, we stayed its course. You know, T.S. a lifestyle, man. There's doctors in T.S., yep. there's lawyers mm. in T.S. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's barbers in T.S. It's, you know what I'm saying? We, we got a, a large family, man, and we, and we love each other. And you know how many people ask me to buy a T.S. and we tell them no? <laughs> Am I lying, Rich? I can Rich? imagine. I can no, imagine. No, people ask me, yo, Joe, yo, it's time. Can I buy my own T.S.? I'm like, nah, we can't. Like, not now. Got to talk to the guys. Really, it's like, you can't get the TS, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? And if you see somebody with it, if they really down, oh, no, they, they family. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you know. know. You know. <laughs> you know, they family. Mm -hmm. And so we got billionaires wearing TS chains. <laughs> you know, whoever's really, really, really family, they TS. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lifestyle, man. Extensive career. Tell me what was, if you could pick, if you can, probably your favorite album. Well, my favorite album was uh, my second album, Jealous Ones Envy, when I Jose. met Pun at that last one. It was just like, you know, like Biggie said, yo, you came up, you know, because my first album, it was all right. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really, you know, practice makes perfect. So I've always looked at my career as a marathon, mm -hmm. never like overnight success. So I kept practicing to get better, to get better. All the summers, even if I was hot and I was on fire and everybody was in the street enjoying 
my hits, I was still in the lab trying to get better, trying to get better, trying to get better. That's what it means to me, you know? That's my favorite album. Jealous One Still Envy? That's my favorite album by far. That's my favorite album. Where did the inspiration from Lean Back come from? Could you capture the The inspiration came a couple of places. Uh, Missy Elliott, she always had the... Shout out Missy, man. Shout out to Missy. Shout out Missy, one of the greats. She would always come with a new style. She would always come with a new flow, and she would always come with a... I didn't know that. Lean Back taught me a repetitive hook. Is that your tip? Is that your tip? Mm-hmm. And I never knew that that's the hit formula when the people seen your hook. Continuously. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Continuously. Mm-hmm. So that she inspired that hook. Also, the Jamaicans were doing big, like, a rockaway, a rockaway, signal to play, mm-hmm. signal to play. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, we got we to gotta do some shit that the Jamaicans could fuck with. So then it was like, my people don't dance, we just pull up our pants and mm-hmm. I do the rockaway, mm-hmm. huh? Now leave mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about yeah. all the yeah. success you experienced with that. Imagine if there was a social media movement at that time with I'd shit I'd be going, 100 million followers. Man, crazy, right? Be the most disrespectful shit I ever seen. <laughs> right. I'm trying to tell my daughter she don't believe me. My daughter sleeps on me more than anybody if in the world. If there was social media back, I keep telling you her, your social media is a man. young man's game. Man. We, we, we do our man. thing yeah. respectfully. We got millions relevant. of followers. We still, we still relevant. relevant. But, but no, man. it's for that age group. Man, right? What? If that was out when Lean Back uh, was out, I have 99 million followers. Cut like, it's, you know, I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's Facts. like we was the Magic Johnsons of this shit. Well, you know, Magic Johnson, everybody praised him. He got a million dollars for his one year, that one year. Now you got the guy, the 15th guy on the bench, getting 200 million. Yep. Right? So he paved the way. So I know what it is. I'm not crazy. I'm like, damn, if I was 18, 19 with mm. Lean Back right now, mm. I have 99 million mm. followers. Mm. Mm. Facts. You know? Summer of 03 was supposed to be the mm. legendary Rucker Park matchup. Mm. I, I was I wasn't there at that game, but I I represented the team. We bust some ass when I on the team when I, I was know, with Steve Rucker. Steve killing we, we went crazy out we there. We played one game in Dykeman Park, not to take away no, from Rucker, and Steve went so crazy and they cheated us. And that one game we knew not to never come back to Dykeman because Steve was about to beat up some players. <laughs> and not about I knew all oh, these people ain't gonna let us win here. I knew it immediately. And right. my uncle helped create that league, Ralphie D. I, I was like, yo, I said, yo, Ralph. Shout out, Ralph. Ralph tried to gas me to go to Dykeman. We played one game. Steve might have mm. had 50 points on him right after he won that chip. Yeah, right the chip. He was doing them dirty. They jerked us. I was like, oh, no, I can't come back to the again. again. No, because it's not for us. Mm-hmm. But at the Rucker, we won seven chips. And, uh, you know, that, that blackout game, uh, you know, I was just talking to Maverick about it. You know, t- you know, that blackout game, man, <laughs> we was going to win. Tell us your team. Did Shaq speak on this? Yes. Who was on your team? Because yeah. remember, Shaq, Shaq said he was on the bus or something waiting to come out. Talk to us. Who was on your team? Listen, we had S- Steph Marbury when he was the highest paid player in the, the NBA. Yeah. Summer him, 03. Giving him that work, right? We had Al Harrington front and center. Buckets. We had Zach Randolph, Zebo. We had Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> we had Jermaine O'Neal. Now, Carmelo Anthony wanted to come because LeBron was on Jay-Z's team. Yeah, yeah. They both, LeBron's fresh out of uh, high school. Carmelo won that chip with Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So they want to get at it. Mm -hmm. Now, they had Sebastian Telfair, who was Stefan's little cousin. Yep. We used to buy the guy ghetto Chinese. I could not believe this. If anybody heard us in that series with Sebastian Telfair, yeah, we knew him as that a was family. Family. He was family. We was feeding this guy yeah, four chicken wings and french fries. You know what I'm saying? He and he was playing with them. Oh, no, he was going to get the business. Yeah, he went against the Steph grain. was going to kill him. Now, Steph. the surprise <laughs> that, that they don't know that I really did have, I, I, damn, I don't want to miss out somebody miss else. Anybody? I think Sean Marion was there with us, too. He was. But the surprise I did have, okay, waiting in 57th Street, you know, they were playing spades, was Mike Bibby and Allen Iverson. When... They were paying for the U.S. team yeah. and all that, waiting. So I was going to go, the game was going to go. By the first quarter, I was going to drive down to go get him and come back to the Rutgers. So halftime, AI Mike Bibby walked. <laughs> I was about to be a movie. We, I mean. They didn't have a chance. You know, this is that AI. This that, you know, that's who I had, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. You would confirm with everybody. Now, he said they had Shaq. If they had Shaq, I say they win. I'm not dizzy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not crazy. You got Shaquille O'Neal at that time, you're winning. Nobody's right. going to stop him, right? right? But no one, what they say in court, no one processed the evidence. Nobody right. showed me Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Right. right. Right? And there's rumors he really wasn't here. No, he was there. He told us. God damn. He said he was sitting on the, around the corner on the bus waiting to play. Dude, this thing would have been crazy. That shit would have been crazy, bro. So that you know of who was on the other team. We know LeBron was on the yeah, other team. Yeah, LeBron was on the other team. Jamal Crawford was destroying mm, out mm, there. Mm, mm, yeah. That's his, that's his no, no, atmosphere. No, 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 no. disrespectful. That's his atmosphere. They had a young Lamar Odom. Mm, um, not that low. They had a young Lamar Odom. Who else they had out there? I mean, they had several players, but the one I could confirm is they had Sebastian Telfair. LeBron. They had LeBron for sure. Yeah. Uh, they had, um, who they had? They had Jamal Crawford and all of them. If they had Shaq, now that, we That talking. was the only thing that could have, because like everybody else was getting X'd out. With, with the squad we yeah, had, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, else yeah, was getting yeah, X'd so out. The, the, your man, uh, uh, Shaq is different. Yeah, right? he different. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know, I'm going to tell you a story, right? Because this is like a sports show or whatever. I'm in Miami. I go to the studio. I work in my studio, right? I walk in there one night. I'm supposed to be in the studio. And it's pitch black. Dark. No lights on, whatever. I walk in there. There's a shadow of a human being this big in the dark. (laughs) And I said, holy shit. They came to kill me. (laughs) No, no, this is it. This is like, this is what people must feel like when they're about to die. Like, you know, he's going to kill you. Hello? Yeah, I seen the light. Shadow. I turn on the light. It's Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. I said, yeah. What's going on? He said, they just traded me to Phoenix, big fella. I wanted you to be the first to know. Fuck <laughs> I was going to die. Like, you know, I wanted you to be the first to know. You ever seen the shadow of Shaq? That's a big motherfucker, man. Yeah, Holy shit. <laughs> you say he wanted you to be the first to know? What the fuck is this big? Yo, I'm like, I knew it. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I see them outside. They sent the biggest guy in the world. Yeah, bro. This guy's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I turn on the light and Shaq, yo, big fella, just wanted you to know, man. They traded me to Phoenix. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Where were you in Miami? In Miami. Yeah, when he Miami. was on Miami. I'll tell you yeah. another thing. I used to tell you, and Shaq don't kill me. But, you know, me and AI used to be together every day in his prime, every day. And when he played them in the championship, I kept trying to gas AI. I kept saying, yo, don't call Shaq. It's going to be legendary. Right? So when you think, you know, the legendary guy, <laughs> nah, it's real talk. I wasn't good advice. I used to, but listen, listen, all right. So I'm just telling him, I said, yo, don't call him. Don't call him. Right? Because AI at that time, he had them hops too. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't call him. One day he looked at me and he said, he's going to fucking throw me in the stands. Yeah, I was about to He's going to beat me up. Yo. Stop telling me that. I said, yo, Shaq must have abused people. No, up. I was going to say, don't confuse 
joking, laughing, playing, running around naked Shaq with game time Shaq. Shaq can fuck somebody yes, up in a hard... Shaq Yo, say, AI told me bro, he's going to body slam me. He used to me. tell his teammates, yeah, let him drive. Yeah, if someone is let cooking, him come on in here. if a wing player or a guard is cooking, he said, let him come on in here. And Shaq will lay him out and that'll... Yo, Shaq is different. Bro. This is my so story big, of Shaq, bro. and I tell this all the time. But we finna play, he's in things, and we finna play him. You know, that's like a big brother to me. I talk to him just, just as much as I talk to him every day. He actually texted me two days ago and uh, telling me how proud he was with everything I'm doing in the community. But I normally go up to the game and run up and chest bumping, right? What's up, big bro? He catches me mid-air with two hands. I'm like, man, put me down. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. would you do that in front of all the He just catches me mid-air like I'm five pounds. Nah, this like guy. Bro, come on, man, put me down, bro. Don't do that. It's Shaquille O'Neal. Young, prime That's time That's how big he is. If they made a new, uh, if they would have made uh, uh, this era, the Bruce Lee movie when Kareem was fighting oh, that him and shit, Shaq. it'd have been Shaq no slamming question. him about a hundred times. No yeah, question. you don't want to smoke with Shaq. I, I, I heard you, I, I don't recall what interview it was, but obviously in the music game, in life in general, beefs happen. Beefs happen. Mm -hmm. You've had, you know, you've had one with 50, you have one with Jay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I heard you say that, you know, you just had a place to, Put you know, let the beast go and, and see what kind of doors open. Gross. Speak to us about obviously. I love the positive side of that, but in the moment, it's some shit. I mean, you and Fifty had a real beef. Yeah. I mean, you and Jay had a you know you and Jay had a beef. What what, what is it like? Because you come from the streets, you know. It and I'm not saying other people sense. don't, but was you and Jay beef from came from the Rucker? No, beef that yeah, but just before that, like we had beef like before that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was all my fault, to be honest with you. And, um, just being cracked. Just being crazy. <laughs> and after you head. tell us this story, I want to know how you got the name Crack, but tell us this story. It's a funny story. Well, <laughs> you know. I know it. The beef does not work. It ain't beneficial. It don't work because you go from, right, right now, you go from, say, Fat Joe, I'm walking around with Rich, uh, if I got into some rap beef with, let's say, 50 Cent, now we on high alert. I got to bring 20 guys with me wherever I go. I mean, across the country. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we in the ATL Four Seasons, it's 20 seats and 20 suites in the Four Seasons. If we on this and we got two buses, we on two private planes, we on this, all of a sudden, you got to move different. You wake up every morning thinking, is today the day we mm. about to go at it? Mm. You know... And all that energy, it does nothing for you, bro. Like, it, it, it never benefited a thing to me. Right. I never made a dollar out of it. If anything, it made me spend more money and, and waste more frustration and stress. You know me, I come from a serious place. Like, serious place. Yeah. Like, where, 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 where I came up, I was in the streets going to war with animals. Like, people you read about in Bibles and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, guys with three heads. You know, the worst people you ever seen. So when I get a hip hop and people start dissing me on like internet and I didn't know how to deal with that myself. I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like what is this? Like I, was, <laughs> like I was almost like dinosaur in the new age. What and so they dissing me, I'm like, my God, I, when I catch these guys, oh my God, I did. Like that's all I had in my head. Like, yo, I gotta show these guys what this thing is, mm -hmm. like for real. So it was gonna be bad. You know what I'm saying? So thank God, you know, time heals all wounds and we got older and we got bigger. And now I'm great friends with 50 Cent. I'm great friends with uh, Jay-Z. Uh, these are brothers. And I just think 
If there's anything, like I told you, my life is transparent. You can see my wins and you can see my failures, but I want you to learn from it. I want the youth, I want the, the young rappers to know, yo, it ain't nothing in that. Yeah, right. It don't make you holler that you beefing with somebody. It just makes it more likely that you and your friends are going to go to jail. Or somebody and, dead or worse. And somebody just said, no, all the time. But somebody always says, they, the, the new thing somebody said, I think it was my band, Big Bank from the AT. I love this guy. That's my guy. Big Bank says, uh, if you a gangster rapper and you want to still be gangster, you're going to get locked up. Yeah. It's as it's, 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 it's simple as that. Like, if you want to be, a, you even want to be a rapper, an artist, and a businessman and live your life beautifully, or if you still want to be in that street like that, you're going to get locked up. And historically, we've been watching this. Mm -hmm. So we try to show the youth, the up-and-coming youth, like, yo, you ain't got a beef. You can leave that alone. You can have um, differences, but keep it moving, move on. Because at the end of the day, when you start being a young kid dribbling the basketball, you start dribbling, and I start rapping, we trying to get about this shit. Yep, not go back. Not go back. And then some people, they sip the juice once they get on, and they forget. <laughs> yep, yep. And, then, you know, they're like, and they're like, damn, bro. Like, what the fuck, man? It never made sense to me. You, get, you trying to get out. To me, it just never made sense to want to go back to it. I mean, obviously, you come from it, but you're working to, tell to get Rich, out of it. Work too hard. Yesterday, me and Rich was driving in the car. We talked about something. Something happened. I don't know what it was. Let's just say it was something happened, and normally, 10 years ago, we'd have got out and beat the shit out of a dude and dragged him in the middle yeah, of the street and made all example that. example out of him. But we was, we was talking. I said, yo, Rich, we would be assholes. If the mayor of New York City wants Fat Joe to endorse him because, you know, you know, I've become an elder statesman in right. the city, we would be assholes on the news jumping out this truck, beating somebody up on the street corner. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you get what I'm saying? What you stand for today, yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta grow, man, and show the youth, you know, that ain't it. Yeah. Boy, luck don't though. Don't 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 be a walk. Oh, yeah. Don't want to be a walk of contradiction. You know, I, I, that's what I said. Like, even when I have beef with people, I try to. I even go public to the point where I publicly apologize because that's not where I'm at. I know where I used to be. You know how I would react. You know how I used to be. And to, to where I am, where I'm at today, I love this person I am. So I would I wouldn't dare play myself off the street for some petty uh, Instagram beef or some bullshit like that ever. And I don't know if that's some older shit because I feel the same way. I love where I'm at. Yeah. I smile, I'm happy, I'm cool. Less. You know, I'm doing great. Less. I love where I'm at. You know but that's what I'm saying? I don't never feel less of a man that I don't jump out and do the same. That's dumb shit. Because we really come from it. Oh, man. It's a big difference when you really come from it. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to go back there. We spoke to this earlier, but when you and 50 squashed your beef, if there were viral moments back, it would have went crazy. <sighs> Talk to us about how that happened and just kind of the energy around it. The only at that way time. to explain it to you, I gotta get this thought out real quick because it was like the wicked witch of the West is dead. The wicked <laughs> witch of the West is dead. The wicked, you know, the the right. the, the, the Wizard of Oz, the, the wicked Oz, witch yeah. of the dead is dead. The witch of the uh, Chris Lighty unfortunately discovered Rest me and Fifty. Rest in peace. And uh, so we did a tribute to him at the BET Awards. They asked us to go, Stephen Hill. I didn't know. I brought my biggest shooters. I ain't gonna lie to you. We was beyond strap at the awards. You know, we, we, you know, we didn't know, but we gonna come. 
And then we do the rehearsal, and somehow 50 ends up right here, right next to me. And he stands there, and he puts his hands out. And he was like, yo, peace for, for Chris Lighty. My man, I just saw all the craziest shit that 50 said about me and what he did. It was like racing. My life was racing. Like, I was looking at him, I was like, peace? It was like, yo, peace for Chris Lighty. That's what he wanted. So when I shook his hand, you got to understand, this is a rehearsal for the BET Awards. The whole industry's there. They were, ah! Everybody was jumping up and down, hugging each other. They were like... Jesus Christ, it's over! Like they're running up the aisle. The tension like, probably was like, right, yeah, because they're like, yo, they're in the same building now. Because the whole time we beefing, we never seen each other. Seen each other. So people, men, women, child, everybody was dancing in the stands. Everybody was like, oh my God, it's over. Yo, holy sh. Right. You know, and people start running up before you had phones with, with, thinking, with cameras. Yeah. They're running up like, yo, let's take a picture. Yo, right. yo. Like it was just crazy. Yeah, I'm just thinking like now, yeah, if that would have happened, some would have been behind the scenes kind of filming the whole thing and to kind of see that shit going down, like imagine yeah, what we that didn't would have been at that. the time. But you're you right. know what? I wish, especially some of these young motherfuckers, I wish they could have seen that. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Because there was power in that. It's a lot of power it, in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Big at the end problem. of the day, it's not worth it, especially with these, I mean, these young kids, I mean, kind of out there just wilding, but people dying you know when you're for young, no reason. You know when you're young, you crazy. Ego, pride. And you don't think about tomorrow. Mm-mm. Right? And so you're young, you wild. Steve was the same way. You're young, you wild, you impulsive. Yeah. And you're thinking, I'm young. I might go to jail for 10, 15 years. I'll still come out 30. They're going to love me when I come home. Yeah. That attitude. The most ignorant shit you ever seen, yeah. you know? And, um, and so we got to let them know, yo, no, you're going to live past that. We right. want you to live out here. Live. We don't want you to be in jail. Right. We want you to live out here, man. Live a, a, a righteous life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people die before they even live. How how did the hip hop in Miami grow when you arrived? Well, grow? Shit. We grew that motherfucker all the way. <laughs> right? So it's uh, you know, Miami's always been a a, a place that embraced me. Show me love, made me happy. You know, I come from the concrete jungle. New York City, no disrespect, but it's just a big, giant ghetto. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you walk, landing in the plane, you don't see no palm trees or no shit. You just see a big, metallic ghetto. Bricks. And bricks. And so when I, when I got to experience Miami and how the people are, how nice they were, you know what I'm saying? New York hip-hop, you know, when I grew up, I came up at a time where we was in each other's videos. Everybody was celebrating each other. It had got into, like, a bad time where Dipset was arguing with Nas and I'm beefing with 50 and this one is... Just New York rappers, it was just out of control. And so that's around the time I had met Cool and Dre oh, yeah. and I fell in love with them and Khaled and I said, yo, I'm moving to Miami. Mm. And then when I got there, I noticed that everybody wanted to work with each other. You know, we had Lil Wayne in one studio. We had Ross in one studio. Mm-hmm. You had Pitbull in another studio. You had Khaled in the studio. You had me in the studio. And everybody running in everybody's stuff, helping them, mm-hmm. helping each other. Yo, yo, you should say this, crack. Yo, you should say that. Yo, yo, I get on that song, this, and, 
And I was like, holy shit, this is what hip hop's about, man. Mm -hmm. Everybody working with each other, helping each other out. And we had lost that for a very long time in New York. Mm -hmm. Shout out Cool and Drake. Talk to us about your, your experience meeting Khaled and working with Khaled. Man, I met Khaled here Aki. in New York. And uh, one of these uh, seminars, I want to say it was Jack the Rapper, so whatever one they had, new music seminar in New York, something. It was uh, Clark Kent was having the battle. And I'm waiting online to go in there to see him have a DJ battle. And uh, this is like 91 or something. And Khaled was in there. No, no, 92. And Khaled had my album before anybody. He was like, yo, could you sign this? And I was like, sign this? Like, how the fuck you get my album? <laughs> this is when bootlegging was real. And he was like, no, I'm a fan. I don't want to. So I signed it. And uh, he was with DJ Nasty out of Orlando. And I just fell in love with Khaled, man. Everything that everybody finally figured out now, I learned it from the first day. And I was just like, yo, this is my brother and I love him. Pun loved him. You know, Pun would go down to Miami to play him all his music ahead of time. Khaled been an A&R since forever. Big Pun mm -hmm. used to drive down there and be like, yo, Khaled, what you think? And play it for him. It's just an infectious energy um, mm -hmm. that he has of, of love. He's, you know, people, when you get to know him, you're just like, wow, I love this guy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I fell in love with him. So that helped me move down there as well. There's not too many people that have that talent, though, Scott. I mean, to cut you off, man. It's, that have that talent of being able to bring all these stars together and not have an ego in the room. You know, you know this guy? He turned out to be a jokester, a funny guy that was dead serious. Uh-huh. Right, so when you met him, the Jamaicans met him, and it was like, yo, man, I was with Buju last week. Me, Buju, and Khaled, we was on vacation together in the Bahamas. And I was like, yo, well, why you like Khaled? He said, man, he was the Arab guy, and I couldn't believe an Arab DJ, and he in Jamaica, he in the Kingtown, and, and there's something, and everybody was like the Arab, the Arab, like he was in Jamaica, like trying to get dubs from Bounty Killer, all the Capleton and all them, and then, and then Buju was like, yo, it was just something about him, is it the same shit I'm saying? And then, you know, we used to laugh at this guy, and then, he became the biggest DJ mm -hmm. out there. And the same thing with us, you know, with me. Uh, he was always my little brother. He was always with us. And then he turned around and he was like, yo, bro, I want to get in the game. I want to make my own music. I was like, make your own music? He's like, no, I'm serious, brother. I want to make my own music. Like, it's time. DJ Khaled. I was... So I came up here and I got him the deal. You know what I'm saying? And they was trying to front because they, they didn't know what time it was with DJ Khaled mm -hmm. at the time. What year was this? Man, I forget, but you know, his first deal. You know, we, you know, Terror Squad on them first seven albums, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. So, and then it turned into We the Best. We, mm -hmm. and, we, and that's what it's about. All of us winning, all of us growing, Everybody you know what I'm saying? So right. he never looked back. He dropped his first song was a hit, the second was a hit, the third was a hit, the fourth. I never seen a guy just drop hit, 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 right. hit. Like, the shit won't stop. <laughs> we the best. We the best. <laughs> Shout out DJ Khaled. For sure. My brother. My uh, 2016, all the way up. That was it. Man. That was triumph. That was, you know, you know, I got in trouble for some shit I ain't do. Accountant didn't pay my taxes. He robbed me. Uh, he was a Ponzi scheme guy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. And so the government, they, even though we proved that he robbed me, they said, we believe that it's your... You as the employer, you are responsible for the people that work for you. Mm -hmm. Tough. So after I gave him the money, I had to 
pay that money again. I have to pay for, would, all right. If you steal this cup and the state wants you to regular cops, a lawyer will cost you 5,000, 10,000 to do. You steal this same cup and the feds charge yeah. you for this cup, yeah. your lawyer charges you $200,000. Yeah. Yeah. So you could imagine what the lawyers was doing to me, the, the, the forensics, like, man, these guys, wasn't cheap. They try to finish me, man. They tried to run and it they up. left me damn near broke. And I paid everything. Before I went to court to sentencing, I paid them back the money. I paid everything, the penalties, everything you could think of. And so they still put me in jail for four months. And I remember in jail, I had this plan. But you have to get hot. Like, in your sense, you would have to get that Jeremy Lin run yeah. to go get it, right? Yeah. Like, Jeremy Lin, it was like a bit. So I'm sitting in there, I'm making the whole plan. Yo, once I this, I'm going to open some sneaker stores. I'm going to do this. I'm going to invest in that. Get this. But I need the heat. Yeah. So I didn't know all the way up was coming. So we went in the studio, and we kept cooking and cooking and cooking. And when we caught it, I was like, oh, no, this is it. And uh, it was big for my sister, Remy, because Remy had just did seven years in jail. Yeah. So she came out, she was getting back in the thing. They told her every day when she was in jail that she would never be shit, that her fans ain't gonna believe in her, that she couldn't be nothing. And so we get together, we do all the way up, and the motherfucker just explodes. And we ain't never looked back. Nominated for a Grammy? We should have won that. Yeah. I forget who, who, who beat us. Black Eyed Peas, Chance, Chance the Rapper, like, you know. You know, yeah. we got love for Chance the Rapper, but that yeah. all the way up. Yeah, come on, man. And the story behind it, you know, the story of people coming back from nothing yeah. and, and making it, like, we should have had that, Grammy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You talked about, you know, signing or having Big do one of Big's first shows, helping Khaled. You've been very instrumental, even though you were, now, now you're an OG, but in the process throughout your whole career, you've always tried to put other people on. How important is that to you? It's just like you said, we all, we all eat. Then we got an obligation, man. I think I'm just a vessel of hip hop culture. Mm. And if you hear somebody, whether it has financial gain or it doesn't, if I, if I heard an artist right now who's the next Eminem and outside, and he said, yeah, but I don't want to sign to you, Fat Joe, I would probably give him three people's numbers that will sign him immediately. Just to open that door. Because that's just hip hop culture. Needs it. You know, hip-hop culture, man, you know, we got to keep elevating. We got to keep bringing the truth. We got to, you know, and, and that's what it's about for me. I've always wanted everybody to shine. You know, and my concept has always been, you know, the more of us that's winning and the better position we'll be because if one of us stumble or fall, yep. we could pick them up. Mm -hmm. Somebody got to stay in position. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always say. If, if you're not out here bringing somebody up or helping your brother get ahead, what we out here doing at this point in life? For real? First of all, you trying to save yourself. It's like the, the airplane goes, throw the mask on yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you in position, you saved yourself. Mm -hmm. Try to help others. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's been my, you know, that's one of my biggest uh, things that I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, I come from Bronx, Lebanon Hospital. I grew up dead broke, poor. I might have single-handedly... Uh, help 20 different human beings that were poor too become millionaires. Mm -hmm. And then trickle down effect, they got, everybody got jobs, yep. even like hundreds of jobs yep. everybody coming from putting that. these people on. And that, that's the thing I'm probably 
most proud of at the end of the day is mm -hmm. the family tree and how everybody has mm -hmm. succeeded, you know, and, and I don't want nothing from nobody. You know, mm -hmm. I make my own money. I work hard for myself. Uh, even if you gave it to me, I wouldn't take it. You know what I'm saying? But I love that I could walk in Khaled's house and the fucking ceilings is to the moon and it's white marble all over. I could walk in Cooling Drake's house. Mm. I could walk in Remy's house and she got a fucking pool in the middle of the fucking house, mm -hmm. indoor. Mm -hmm. Mansion shit. Mm -hmm. And I sit in there and I'm like this, and they make me my little, you know, my little beef ribs and shit and some rice and peas. And I sit down. <laughs> and then when the ladies ask, well, who's that? Why are they treating him like that? Like, yo. That's him. He the one who put them on. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Great feeling. Just, I said, let me tell you something. I'm on vacation with Khaled, and uh, this is crazy because he's going to watch this, right? But one of the ladies that worked for him, she was like, I know who you are. I was like, know who I are? Because, you know, I'm nice to everybody. She was like, you the guy. You the guy who put them on. Mm. And that, that felt great to me because no. I'm like, damn, when I'm not here, they talk like remember. that, like, yeah. yo, you know, yeah. it's a guy. And I, you know, I love that. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. That's why it was so important for us to get you on the show. I mean, obviously, you and Jack's relationship have been amazing. We've, mm -hmm. we've met in passing. I just, mm -hmm. We've seen you at the fight. But just who you are and what you stand for, you know I mean, we respect that. And there's, I mean, okay. it's to be what you've gone through and came out alive and made it, like you said, helping people, just sending that positive energy out especially in, 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 in these days, is, is so needed and appreciated, man. So we want to thank you. Thank you. We're not done, but I'm just, you know, while we in the moment. It's, it's, harder, though, it's harder, though, Matt, to touch on what you're saying. It's harder when you known, you so publicly known, and you so praised for the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? For, for, for being that, that dawn, yeah, that boss. Shit, you know right. what I'm saying? And to be able to switch and, and to change for the better, knowing that's, that's the betterment for you and your whole family, it's not easy, bro. Because you're getting praised, you know what I'm saying? You, you're getting praised for, for, for the bullshit for so shit. long. Yeah, you're known mm -hmm. from that. You know what I'm saying? And, and to switch up for the betterment of yourself and not worrying about the, the praise from it, mm -hmm. that says a lot. Well, that's what it's all about, man. Uplifting our people. You know you out in them streets. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all about the uplifting of our people and show these kids. You know, I have clothing stores in the middle of the hood. I'm about to open up another one. And, you know just to show these kids that you could make it up out the hood, but you don't got to leave the hood. Right. You could come back and pull people up or show them when I wear these jewelry, it ain't to show you that I'm better than you. It's to inspire you yep. to say, damn, that's Joey from the projects. He got it. I can get it. Why can I get it? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to live under these misconceptions that we can't get it? Right. That we're not great. Right. And when I sit, I sit down with my guys who they all rich. I'm not going to lie to you. They all doing well, mm -hmm. right? And I sit down with them and I say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do this and this and this and this. Now, after all the shit we mm -hmm. talked about, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this and watch. They be like, yo, you crazy crack. Like, what are you? I'm like, no, man. We got motherfuckers going to the fucking space now. Mm -hmm. Anything we do now, we like not really doing it, right? Like, right. They flexed the biggest. They went to space. Mm -hmm. Motherfuckers in space. Flexing. <laughs> like, we like, yo, anything we do now, oh, you got another store? So what? Uh, this guy went to space. But, which, but you know, <laughs> generate, generation that, generating that wealth in our own neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? That's what you're doing, and that's what a lot of people don't talk about. You ain't, like, you can be from the hood, but bring that money back to your hood and start creating generational wealth in your own neighborhoods. That's the big power. And, and what I tell my employees is this is yours too, you're an owner. 
I don't want you working for me forever. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to help you get your own business. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to help you become a boss yourself. Shout out Al Harrington. Yeah, shout mm -hmm. out to Al Harrington. He do mm -hmm. it too. Yeah. Al Harrington killing them with the weed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How special was the dog? <sighs> DMX. How special was the dog? You know, DMX is pure soul. Uh, and through his whole life, he was legend. It's so crazy, man. Last night I'm watching Rolling Loud, right? And and this not shots at the youth, because I don't want, I don't never want it to be shots. Mm -hmm. But I'm watching with my daughter Rolling Loud. Mm -hmm. And uh we blasting it, we watching it. And one of the biggest rappers in the world now uh says, everybody get ready. It's about to go down. I want y'all to act up. It's going to be crazy. And then he throws on the shit. And he's five different times. And I'm like, well, as right there in my day, there would have been a guy named DMX who said that. Right. And he would have said, stop, shut him down, hug, up, stop, whoa. And motherfuckers would have right. hung off the sky. Like, oh, he would have done, uh, yeah. You know, he done did that shit. Like, you know, you want a real MOSFET? Yeah. You want people, you, you want motherfuckers going crazy? Yeah. Onyx would have said, shut him down over Onyx would have, Onyx, it's time to get alive. Live? Yeah, yeah. You know, he motherfuckers said, get ready for the most hardcore shit, and they start singing shit. Yeah, MOP. I, I don't want you want me to do, I support the youth. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Right. I support the ticket, I go with my daughter, I support the youth. I don't know what. You know, so you asking me about DMX. Oh, he has that to do shit would have went down. Before you come that to the stage. That shit would have went down, like, you know. I don't know. But rest in peace, the dog. Uh, the greatest, I don't know if you big this up, but the greatest funeral I ever seen, DMX is. Shout out to Swiss, the whole family, um, the city of New York for allowing DMX. They drove his his coffin from Yonkers to Brooklyn. If you're not from New York City, th this was a, this was big. Like this, this was huge. For them locking down this whole city doing that. Yeah. He had his funeral in Barclays. Kanye West designed this shit. Like, you know, they sent them out like, nobody wanna die. Right. But we all gonna die. Yeah. But he died and boy, they gave it up to him. You know, so shout out the dog, man. Mm. Rest in peace. Mm. We also lost somebody just recently, uh, Biz, mm. instrumental to the game. Man, that hurts big time. Because, you know, when I was coming up, like me and Stevie, Biz was like me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So Biz believed in me before I believed in me. Mm. And, you know, he would come to my hood and, 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 and show me love. And, and I did the Apollo, Biz came and... And he's always been like a mentor, man. And Biz, he just love everybody. And my favorite hip-hop song of all time is The Vapors. Because I grew up so poor, I wanted people to catch The Vapors. Mm -hmm. And I gave them The Vapors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Biz, you know, I don't know nobody who has a, t a bad story about Biz. I've never seen a, a more perfect human being. Mm. And uh, this shit, that, 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 uh, man, I did some little kid shit, man. When they told me he died, man, I just said, got up, started crying in the bathroom and shit. 
came back, tried to come in. Like, I couldn't believe it, you know? And uh, shout out to his wife. You know, I checked up on Biz, you know, at, you know, while he, as soon as he got sick last year, they said he was really, really sick. I kept check calling his wife. Every time I called his wife, she was sitting right next to him in the hospital, through COVID, through everything. She was like, Joe, Biz can hear you. I'm right here. Like, you could randomly call her, and she's just right next to him. She so, said that. I saw the article. So Biz, Biz died with his wife right next to him with the love. I mean, we all don't want to die. Mm -hmm. Right. But we at least we know he died loved. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. With a woman that held him down and kept it 1,000 with him. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But Biz is, you know, uh, for my era as a fan, you know, it's just hard, man, and we, we don't want to let him go. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the B-I-Z. And I said to him, I caught him. We did uh, Hip Hop Squares in L.A., and I caught him, and I was like, yo, Biz, I trapped him in the room after I big him up, legendary. It's like, yo, it was, it was like, why you showed me love? Why you showed me love? And he was like, I just knew you were special. I knew you was going to blow. I knew it was something about you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then that, that's when I thought of our brother, because, you know, everything's 360. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about French Montana. When French Montana was trying to get on, how I took his music to Hot 97, because I knew he deserved it to Funk Flex. They start playing it a couple of months later. He was a superstar. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I guess Biz saw that same thing in me. He was like, yo, oh, Joe going to be, mm -hmm. you know, when I didn't know. Right. Or I didn't see it. You know, there's something that they do to me that bugs me out is every time I come out with it all the way up or I think, ah, crack, I knew you had it. I knew you was going to give him another one. You always come. I'm like, shit, how you know? Because I ain't know. Right. Like, I was busting my bubble praying for this joint right mm -hmm. here, you know? And, you know, it's like that. Mm. I saw the I saw an article when she said that when he his first got sick, she said Joe Carter checked on him almost every week. And I would go back on DMX. I never met DMX. But two weeks before he died, I was in Icebox Jewelry, and he walked in there, and I got a tattoo. I had a tattoo on him that says, "My life ain't long. I thank God with my last breath, so my life ain't wrong." And mm. I got that from him. And two weeks, and I never met him. And two weeks before he you died, him nah, I didn't get a chance because I, I was, I was like a little kid. You know what I'm hey, saying? Mo. I, when he walked up to me, he knew I was, and I just shook his hand. I'm like, "What's up, man?" He said, "Man, I'm a big fan." And I, I couldn't you even want, you don't want to lift your shirt could, up yeah, and say, I "Look," couldn't, I couldn't even think <laughs> to say it to him, right? Right. But in two weeks later, he died, and I knew that wasn't number God give me a chance to meet somebody who you I looked him, up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah, before mm. he took him home. That yeah. happens all the time. Yeah, that happens all the time. You made several transitions from the streets to music to family to father to entrepreneur, businessman. What have you learned about this journey? That it's never over. Mm. Um, and we got to play this all the way out. And you only get one life and make it a special one. You know, some people settle and they live miserable lives and they, they, want, they settle for mediocrity. That's not me, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I say it to my brothers all the time. I am Bugsy Siegel. I would have went to, I, I would have went to the desert in Las Vegas and said, "Yo, I can make a casino here." Mm. And what is it, man? What do we do? We came already underdogs. We came already not to, supposed to win. What's what's wrong with trying? What, right. What's wrong with going for it? Mm -hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like what what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? And so with life. You know, when it comes to fatherhood, kids are all different. 
they, they, they different DNAs, they different parenting. I don't think nobody teaches you how to parent. You know what I'm saying? I think we just judge what our mothers and fathers did right or wrong, try and we better. try to do the best we can. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's what that is. What's up? Coming towards the end, um, talk to us about you, you, you've, you had a little acting bug. Talk to us about getting on the big screen. What's that been like for you? Man, I did. She's got to have it. Two seasons. Shout out to Spike Lee for saving my life. Uh, I always knew he would. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like to act. My whole life, I tell people I've been acting my whole life. Mm -hmm. I remember the time I walked into Relativity Records. I was a 19-year-old kid. They sat me down with 10 Jewish guys around the table, and I had to convince them why they should give me a dollar. And I'm from the Bronx. I was acting my ass off. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in there, well, you know, uh, this, this, this. So we always been acting. Now we just do it on the screen. You know, night school, uh, the movie Empire, a uh, couple of adults. Night school you know, was classic. I, night school was crazy. Yeah, that was classic. And that was, night school, believe it or not, was hard work, man. Because, was it? Yeah, because I really ain't have no juice there. You know, like, here, I show up, I'm Fat Joe the Rapper, right? Yeah. When you show up there, you're a worker. And and we was getting up at 6 in the morning, right? And we was on set. And they would call me to do my scene at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. So we in there for like right. 14 hours. Yeah. Doing People nothing. don't know how the, how the movie says Yo, be, man. Wow. Then we do our scene when we tired and everything, but you got to wake yourself. You got to... Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you. Hell yeah. You got to use this joint. Action. You got to use this joint. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. right? And then by the time you finish that, they take you to the hotel, one, two in the morning. You take a quick shower. They wake you back up at six. Let's yeah. rock. We kept doing this shit for like two months every day. Mm. Then I couldn't complain. It's similar to y'all if y'all play basketball. Like, you can't complain if Kobe's putting in the work. Mm -mm, right. So I can't complain if Kevin Hart, the biggest superstar in the world, is doing the same shit for 20 hours every day. Mm. Hey, Joe, what's up? Huh? Oh, you thought the movies was a joke, huh? <laughs> you want to go rap, huh? You, you want to go touch the towel, huh? Nah, that's not what we doing here. We here. Man, he had the flu, not the COVID. This is four years ago, right, Rich? You had the flu in the, in the trailer. Killing him, he was in the trailer. And then I caught it at the end when, when we finished. But that shit was crazy. How, well, let me ask you this. The outtakes and just the jokes on set during the movie. Incre the, oh, the, the off the imagine. set was better than the set. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they bugged out. They made it a PG-13 yeah. movie. It made $100 million, So I understand the business concept. But had they let the curses and the real shit up, that would have been one of the greatest movies of all time. Man, it was funny. Well, I got a chance to work with Kevin Hart on Think Like a Man, so all the outtakes and shit and the shit, he just normally, like, he is, we, it took us, like, two and a half hours to shoot, like, a two-minute basketball, two-set, 30-second basketball scene. Like, he was talking joke. He could really play, too, talking shit to everyone, jumping on people, just being crazy. Like, the energy was crazy the whole entire yeah. time. He's but a blessed guy, man. Says, God bless him, man. So you said, you know, the social media is a young man's game. Mm -hmm. You started your pod, your, your, your show kind of based off just going on IG Live every night and talking. And, you know, I was tuning in and, and now you turn that into the Fat Joe show. Talk to us just about your thought process of getting that started and what's it been like for you? Well, let's start it with my boss who's behind the camera. She's always is. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter, Azzy. Shout out, uh, Azzy. 
We were scared to death because of COVID. I'm telling you the truth. I'm one of the guys that was really scared to death. The epicenter was in New York City. People were dying. People I grew up with were dying mm. every day for them. Mm. I'm saying no disrespect. The cameramans I knew from New York, they were dying. Like everybody, the security at the clubs, they were all dying. Like just dying and dying. We see people every day, but we don't know they got underlying conditions. Am I lying? Right. Like security, everybody, they come, yo, John, this one died, this one, this one, every day. So I'm in the house, terrified, because fat guys were dying. So I'm sitting there like this, I said, damn, they're going to finish me. Mm. They're finishing me. No, no, real talk. I said, they found a way, bro. I said, damn, man, this guy got me out of here. It out. The invisible, the invisible uh, enemy, right? And then uh, my daughter was like, why don't you go on live? I had never really went on live before. I was like, what you mean? She was like, yo, just talk to the fans. So I went on live and everybody just, thousands of fans came and they was asking questions, we was talking. And then the next day at eight o'clock at night, Dre was like, yo, what's up? No Fat Joe show? I said, what you talking about? He was like, yesterday that shit was dope. Mm. So the next day I go on there, eight o'clock, same time. And then more of our friends start jumping on, and then more of this shit was just getting out of control. One day I had Mike Tyson. The next day that shit was like out of control. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was stuck home, and they wanted right. to uh, they wanted to talk or something. So mm-hmm. it was like, who's next? Oh, Joe got something. They was just coming everybody. in. Everybody you could think of with Patti LaBelle, whoever you want was up on that month, just coming. Boom, 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 boom. The biggest. And it turned into the the big, big show. And then we we, we wanted to make sure uh, it was always about positive, right. about upliftment, about, you know, we, we done had the king of domestic violence on there. The, the, everything, doctors, everybody who could help you with what was going on, because none of us knew this hadn't had happened Dr. in Fauci. 100 years. Dr. Fauci. Yeah, Fauci on there. Fauci <laughs> up in there. Your man Andrew Yang's up there and going to Cory Booker. They going for president, talking about vote for me on the show. One night, Michelle Obama was in the comments. I, mm. I, I almost fainted. Mm. She's like, hey, Fat Joe, how are you guys? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is going down. I've been on there. Yeah, yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> even, even I've been on there. Yeah, even I've yeah. been on there. Hey, man, quick hitters. First thing to come to mind, let us know. Five, top five, in your opinion, New York artists. New York artists? It's horrible. You should have did the Bronx. No, no, but the, 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 it's a horrible question. Bronx would have been easier. But top five New York rappers, man, that's hard. That's that's Rakim, that's Nas, it's Jay, it's Biggie, and I'm going to put Pun in there. Mm, Now give me five, your your top five. All time. All time? Mm Mm-hmm. Shit. Where would Big Big L be in that? Big L's in there. Big yeah, L, I know it. I know it. Premature, because you, you know that's my man. He's in. Yeah. He's, he, you know, it's so, people don't understand. It's so crazy. Fat Joe's digging in the crates with Big L, and I'm Terror Squad with Big Pun. Mm. This was not easy to be rapping with these guys on songs. Like these guys are like the elite level. I had to get Big, Big L would be bro. there, like uh, top. T- I, I say from ten to fifteen, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he died too young. Yeah. I mean, lyrically, he was he was a beast, 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 beast. But we talking about the whole thing. I mean, I'll stick with my same, um, with the same five I told you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel today. Mm-hmm. If you could have one message on a billboard, what would it be? 
Believe in yourself. Mm. That's simple. Believe in yourself. Yeah, believe in yourself, man. Who else gonna believe in you if you don't? Mm. Top five New York athletes. The wow, greats. The greats of the greats. Uh, I'm, listen, man, somebody who gets a bad rap who was incredible is Stephon Marbury. Mm. Stephon Marbury is one of the greatest stories in New Big York bro. history. Starberry. Starberry. Uh, we got Starberry. Uh, we got Carmelo. Mm. We got Starberry. We got Carmelo. He's coming on the show tomorrow. New York, Mark Jackson. Mm. Uh, Rod Strickland. Strickland. Strick. Um, I want to say Saquon Barkley, but he ain't really do much because he's been hurt. That's one thing I hate, man. Injuries yeah, in, man. In, in sports, right? It's a part like, of you it, got but such it sucks. Great, like that's actually a part of it, right? Yeah. Like when you sign up, you know I'm gonna get hurt. Soon Somebody's gonna get hurt. Not you, but somebody. That's horrible. Like, like Rich is into football. Every game, I see four guys break their knees. I want to know how the hell this happens. Mm. Like, what's going to happen? Like, it's normal, too. The coach got to keep coaching. No, come on, man. Yeah. You see a guy for, you know, I was in San Antonio. I don't think you was there. I was there, and I went, went to see Tony Parker. Mm -hmm. And I forget what was that player. When he went up to dunk, and he fell on his back. I'm, I'm not sure he made it. He played for San Antonio. Y'all don't remember who I'm talking about? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There was a player from San Antonio. I was at the game courtside. He went for a dunk. He fell like on his neck, head. Th they took him out on the stretcher. Mm. And the coach got to still coach like, hey, all right, all right. go ahead, Matt Barnes. Yeah. 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 Like, like, that shit is crazy to me. Yeah. Like the injuries. Bound to happen. They mess up the game, man. Oh, yeah. Nah, I do. Yeah. Right? It's like, you'd be like, wow, such but a But to the shame. other team, like... You got to take advantage of it. You got to take advantage oh, of no, it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that, that's a goal. Like, you see, uh, I want a CP3 to win the chip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Right? OG, you know, and then remember he had the COVID? Yeah. I said, oh, shit, Something. the man caught the Showed COVID. Up, dislocated Showed hand. It, it, he like, had all kind of stuff. I He's hate that like, shit, man. Yeah. I hate when, when, when players get injuries, man. I don't know why. Yep. Uh, but it is, I realize it's a part of the game. Like, they, they pay them to get hurt. Like, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. like you're you're going to get hurt. And you got to sit down. Yep. There's nothing you can do. You're sitting there, you're inside, and, and everybody goes through it. Next man up. Crazy. Uh, top five, top five favorite NY films. Bronx Tale. Of course. The Warriors. Mm. Uh... Bronx Tale, The Warriors. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going real old school. Um, oh, don't forget one. Do the right thing, Spike Lee. Yep. King of New York and New Jack it's City. Serious. That's the two. I'm about to say. I know you ain't gonna forget them two. Nah, an honorary mention because we watch it every night in the studio. Belly. Belly, yes. Belly yeah, was an underrated movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, classic. Right? Was Belly classic. was an underrated movie that years later you like, yo, this yeah. shit was fire. Bomb. We nah, just, it was bomb. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Five dinner guests dead or alive. Five dinner guests dead or alive. Dead or alive. Well, you know, whenever you give me a dinner, a dead or alive, I'm gonna mention Pond. I'm gonna mention Biggie. Yep. Might as well have Pac up in that motherfucker. That'll be awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, Luther Vandross, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and Michael Jackson. Oh, that's a big hell, hell of a table, table right there, right? There, right? God, hell of a, a fly table. That's probably, one of, that's probably one of the best answers we've had. Yeah, that's a good one. If we could have one, if you could have one guest on All the Smoke, who would it be? 
but you have to help us get your answer on the show. You mentioned a, you mentioned like I, three yeah, people. Yeah, y'all got a couple people. Three. He said, "Y'all got a great Puffy, gimmick." Uh, Khaled, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all got a great gimmick. You, I don't know this guy, but it would be amazing to have Dr. Dre on here. Ooh. Ooh. I don't. I, I know him like yo. Yeah, what's up, Doc? Yeah. I can't really hook you he up. He probably know. I can what get I'm to saying him is, I can't anybody. hook you up. Right. But if you had Dr. Dre, you know, there's certain guys who have kept this mystique to them, mm. where we hear about them and stories that Game might say, or stories that a, a Cube or somebody might say. But Dr. Dre himself, I don't think I've ever seen that in depth. I haven't either. Uh, interview with Dr. Dre talking about when he met Eminem for the first time, mm. when he met 50. Kendrick Lamar, 50, or Jimmy he met Easy E. I never heard Snoop Dr. Dog. Dre say it himself. Right. Snoop right. Dogg. Man, we've done a lot of shows, Joe. We coming up on our 100th show pretty soon, but wow. I have to say this is Hands down, been one of the best ones, man. So we of appreciate course it time, was, bro. Bro. Thank, You man. know, we an early so. birthday, too. Thank hey, you, my birthday, my brother. Damn, I love you to death, man. Yeah. Father Time is catching yeah. up. You're you looking me, good, though, baby. Yeah, you're looking good. You're looking good. You see me shining yeah. on him, man. Hey, man, thank yes, you. It's a wrap. Fat Joe, all the smoke. Jack's chain. Oh, Real hold family. On. Don't forget. You. You. For the beautiful man in your life. Hey, pretty boy missed. Hey, I got something. I, I, I got something for you too. Nah, I need you at Target. I got something Shout on the out back Target. For you. you fucking with us, oh, man. Yeah, there you go. Target breaking bread, man. Yeah, we love you, Target. Go, man. Thank you. you. Guys can find this on uh, Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next time. T.S. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.